Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of Till Good Game Do Us Part. This is episode 23. Thank you for sticking with us this long. If you have been, I appreciate all you guys who've been listening. Um, I hope that we've been putting out great content. Unfortunately for today, you were only stuck with me. Henry was not feeling well, so we decided that it would be best for him not to record today. So I am doing this episode by myself. Henry, I hope you feel better. And uh, let's get into some esports talk, right? So let's start off with the uh, EPSI Awards, right? This past week, there was the EPSI Awards, which is pretty much the sports awards. Um, and they finally they had an esports uh, best esports moment, right? And up for the uh, award was Ninja and Marshmallow winning their Pro Am. Fortnite, and then there was the return of O'Leary returning to the 2K League after the unfortunate event that happened in Florida with the Madden shooting. Ninja tweeted out and was like, hey, I just realized who I was up against. I don't even want to compete against this guy, or I don't want to win against this guy. Go vote, or just be sure to vote, right? And the NBA 2K League did not take that tweet very well at all. You know, there were people coming out calling Ninja a clown and corny. And frankly, I agree with them. Why? Because Ninja, in a way, you subtly are hinting out that even by you saying, I don't want to win against this guy, you have to look at the game that you play and the demographic that you play. To Like, did you have to say, go vote for O'Leary if you didn't want to win? No. But it also might have been better if you didn't say anything at all. If you didn't actually want to win. And here's why. Because when you tweet out, just realized who I was up against, don't actually want to win, or I don't want to beat this guy, just go vote. What you're doing is you're causing the internet trolls and the young demographic of who we don't take anything seriously. They decide, oh, he doesn't actually want to win against this guy. Well, now I'm going to vote in favor of ninja winning just because he said he doesn't win and now it'll be funny to see him win because he said he didn't want to win right that's kind of what your tweet did and that's why you got called a clown the 2k league wasn't upset that you tweeted it was the fact that you said hey i don't want to win but then you said just go vote you could have said go vote o'leary but you didn't say that at all you just said go vote which could have backfired unfortunately for O'Leary, or fortunately for O'Leary, it did not backfire, and he ended up winning the best esports award at the SP, SP Awards, right? Now, did it have anything to do with Ninja's tweet and people you going, hey, oh, this guy was in a uh, accident with a weapon at an event. Let me be a genuine human being and actually go vote for him because that's actually an amazing, the fact that he's able to come back and play You know, the game that he loves after being hit with multiple rounds at an event that he loves or a game that he loves, that's actually something way better than just Ninja winning a pro amateur tour or event with Marshmallow. Like that is not that's nothing astonishing, honestly. And and yeah, you can say, Oh, but this dude, you know, he he got shot and all he's doing is sitting and playing video games. It's like, yeah, but he also had the possibility of dying like yeah you wake up every day and you have you know you can die any day but he was actually hit and 
recovered and was able to come back. To me, that is a better moment in esports than Ninja and Marshmallow uh, being this this incredible duo because it's two big names in one in streaming and one in music. Um, you know, that's that's to me to me personally, that's nothing spectacular. To others, that probably might be. It might be a super accomplishment. I don't know, but to me, I'm happy that O'Leary won uh, the SB Best Esports moment. It just it just made sense, and so congratulations to O'Leary, and um, yeah, man, I hope you enjoy that moment that you got, and it, and it's so good to see that you are healthy and doing well, and again was able to return to uh, play 2K, a game that you love, and and you know uh, a space that hopefully is better well protected and hopefully we start seeing more securities at events but it's good that you won and uh i'm happy to see it so moving on to our next topic right samurai showdown one of the has now become the all-time most popular uh snk game to be at evo and that caused the developers to add a 30k 30,000 more to the prize pool right to me i see this as a good thing because it's a developer who has their one it's a new game and it's going to be at the the mecca of fighting game why not show not why not step in and say hey we want to actually show support to the game that we worked hard on that's brand new and people are actually signing up to play it right the fact that they maxed out all their players and that it's become their most popular game at any Evo event, throw a little bit extra cash at it. How's that gonna hurt you? If anything, people are gonna see and say, what, the dev stepped in and what, and, and paid? You know, for these guys to actually get paid and, and, and back this event and, like, I, I don't see the downfall in that. Now, if you see downfall in, uh, develop, outside of the developers stepping in and, and putting money toward the game that they worked for, that's different because like, to some extent, yeah, the de- like it's not like the developers come in and say, actually, you know what? You guys can't compete at Evo. We're taking this game and we're running like our own league. First of all, I don't think league structure works for most fighting games because of how you can like how easy it is for players like pro players to take mechanics from one fighting game and apply it to another fighting game after they've gotten down the basics. So I don't think that uh, league structure works. So that is like something negative that you could see like with a developer doing something like that where they could actually have been like okay after this evo we're gonna pull it and we're gonna do our own type of tournament now if they do their own tournament i'm okay with that as well because then again they're still supporting the fgc community and their game by putting money back into the community um but yeah it's good to hear um so that's samurai showdown uh getting uh extra 30k in the prize pool from the developers themselves for having one of the most popular, like their popular game being at Evo. Blizzard has finally announced, or excuse me, correction. Activision Blizzard has finally announced their commissioner of Call of Duty Esports. Her name is Joanna Fairies. Hopefully I said that right. Joanna Fairies. Um, I think she comes from the background of the National Football League, the NFL, um, for, for 12 years. So it's interesting to see that Blizzard has, instead of 
gotten someone who may be who 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 is a part of esports to run as commissioner for Call of Duty esports. They went out and got someone with 12 years experience from the NFL. Now, I understand I can understand it. I personally would have rather have seen someone from esports do it, but I understand because they're trying to solidify themselves as a as a as a like not a work um a league, a, a solidified league that you know, brings in more sponsorships and sponsorship dollars and advertisement money. Like they're trying to essentially make themselves the NFL of esports, right? But for Overwatch, or excuse me, not Overwatch, Call of Duty. Overwatch is later, they got their commissioner. But for Call of Duty, right? So they're taking the same formula that traditional sports use that they then applied to Overwatch. Now they're applying it to Call of Duty. Why it's good that they did bring someone in from the NFL with, again, 12 years of experience. That's a long ass time, over a decade, um, is because running a structured franchise, it's damn near the same as running a traditional, uh, like being a commissioner of the NBA or the NFL because it's league structure. There's it's it's set already like there's nothing for you to really change you just kind of oversee from there so the fact that you know esports leagues and franchises are taking from traditional sports it would just make more sense to bring someone in from traditional sports to manage that again you're going to find people with a larger amount of experience than you will in esports like yeah you'll have your sir scoots and your hex um and people like that who've been in it for like 10 plus years, you know, maybe like 15 plus years. But to have them as acting commissioners, I don't think works um, because this is the first time that we're starting to really, really see franchising in esports. And a lot of people don't agree with it. Some people do agree with it. I teeter the line of agreeing with it, but only to some extent with certain esports. To me personally, um, I don't mind it for Call of Duty. The the players might mind it for Call of Duty. Um I don't mind it for Call of Duty, but it's weird seeing it for Call of Duty because there's a new iteration of the game every year. So that's why I teeter the line, because it's like if there's a new game every year, this is something that doesn't happen in traditional sports. You don't get a revamped NBA every year. You don't get a like of, of, of the of the actual game, like the play style, the rules, like things like that change you know, per iteration of the game. So it's like with Call of Duty, why are you franchising it um, if, if you're getting a different model of the game every year? But again, with keeping that in the realm of leagues and franchises, I don't know how much of that affects. I don't know how much of that of, will affect, the, you know, the league or franchise based on uh, solely on viewership. I don't think that you would, you know, the commission not going to be like, oh, okay, we have to change the entire way the the franchise works or the the league works because of the way the game plays now. Like to to some extent, no, it just makes more sense for it to be open because then you have that grassroots of Call of Duty and then like that mixture of pros where you see up and coming talent. Once you franchise it, you know a pro might fall off on one game and then he's getting dropped or traded um, because he doesn't he doesn't perform as well in one you know version iteration of call of duty that he did in the previous now something i'm going to discuss later is kind of like you might have or excuse me what i'm going to like discuss later is like there was a gears 5 tournament this weekend um which was the first gears 5 esports tournament 
but you get things like that with optic who show up and you know perform the same but it doesn't always work that way not everybody's going to be um you know the the perfect roster in every single game like those skills aren't going to always translate 100 percent. so it's just weird that you know they kind of wanted to franchise with call of duty but i kind of digress from the point again back to joanna fries um Yes, this is a woman who is the commissioner of the Call of Duty Esports League. Same thing that I said with Evil Geniuses and their, um, see, I think it was CEO position that she got. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm in the, I'm going to say the same thing I said with her. I'm happy to see that there's a woman in a strong, like, face of something like franchise whatever you want to call it like she's the face of it she's the head of it like she's operating it like this is a big role and i'm happy to see a woman in it because it gives the opportunity and lets other women know like hey there is room for me in this industry there is room for me in this community like i don't have to just go and be a part of some girl gaming tournament if I want to be a pro or I don't have to just be a social media mar- and, and this is no knock to the women who are social media marketers whatsoever but it just goes to show that like those aren't your only paths you don't have to just be um, a pro player competing in an all-female tournament and you don't have to be only a social media manager I know that's a very very common job that I see uh, for women in esports but there are things beyond that like graphic designer and you know you have your your top like esports photographer who some of them are women um like there are other things for you to do within esports that isn't just like social media social media or being a pro player like there is room for you to grow um and and sometimes you know being like she comes from the nfl background but like sometimes being in another industry and then moving over to esports later if that's what you want to do like sometimes that's needed because there are more solidified industries outside of esports that you can go and get the experience that you want and then bring it back to esports and better you know that thing that you've always had that passion for and it could take a few years but so shout out to Joanna Ferries for becoming the first commissioner of the uh, Call of Duty Esports. Congratulations. I, I, I'm looking very forward to seeing how this league plays out, especially with, um, again, Gary V. Like we talked about last week, he's coming in with a team from Minnesota. Like I'm super excited to see what they're going to do with, uh, with, this, with this league and franchise. So like I was stating earlier, the over the Overwatch League commissioner was announced um, this previous week. His name is I'm I'm gonna butcher the last name, but I'm gonna do my best. Pete Vasiltis Valencia. I can't pronounce it. I'm sorry. I don't mean to butcher your name. Um, I'll look in the description. You'll you'll see the the spelling. Fortunately, I can't pronounce it. But he was announced as the uh, new commissioner of the Overwatch League. He will also retain his position as president and CEO of Activision Blizzard Esports League. Now, I don't know. I don't think that's a conflict of interest because, you know, Overwatch is already under Activision Blizzard. But he will be the new commissioner for the Overwatch League. Um, This news comes surrounding the previous or excuse me, this passing weekend's uh, Homestead weekend in Atlanta. That seemed to have a pretty good turnout um just like Dallas Homestead did like people are willing to show up and go to these 
Overwatch League homesteads. Now, some of you will say, well, that doesn't matter if people show up because their viewership has been dropping on Twitch. Now, like I said in my earlier rants of this podcast, Twitch viewers are not the only means of showing signs of, of a successful esport, right? People showing you have viewing parties, you have, um, you know, just sponsors wanting to be associated with the game because they feel like it'll perform. Um, there being like a real big core community and like, again, people buying church, like, so we, we look at Overwatch viewing numbers going down, right? But that's not gonna, those numbers of, of the viewership going down doesn't show the, or the, the difference in between the people who are watching it, who are actually spending money, whether it be in game on like competitive, uh, on the competitive skins, buying jerseys, buying posters, like all this, whatever Overwatch stuff that there is, people just associate, well, they're not doing so hot on Twitch. Again, Twitch is not the esports, um, like, like, yeah, you watch it on Twitch, right? But that they're not the driven, they're not the end all be all, like say all of, of an esport. Like it's not based on Twitch to some extent. Like, yeah, that gives it, it's, you know, that's a, that's a source of blood and, and, uh, uh, of its bloodline, but it's not the only, especially something as big as Overwatch, because again, these people are traveling from other states, other cities, like to drive, to come and see people play Overwatch in person at these homestead events. So again, shout out to Joanna and Pete for becoming the uh, commissioners of Overwatch League and uh, Call of Duty. I think Overwatch League will be fine for the coming years. I'm, I'm again, I'm super excited to see what they do with uh, COD. Speaking of COD, or not really speaking of COD, let's move on to uh, Gears, which to some extent pulls from COD because Optic got, you know, like like last week we talked about Optic got um announced that they would be taking place in the franchise of LA or they will be franchising the city of LA within the Call of Duty League, right? And then after that news, we got wind of the gear the Optic Gears team getting dropped. And going going into this weekend, they got picked up by Tox Gaming. Now, for those of you who don't know, Tox Gaming is the org that picked up or was established around the Optic Halo team who was originally dropped. What it seems like to me is that Tox is building rosters out full of rejects. And when I say rejects, I don't mean like like individual players that are just, you know, we don't want them on the team. I'm talking about rejects of full on rosters of orgs have just dropped them. Yeah, we've only seen it with Halo. Um thus far but now they have gears unless tox is just like a holding org for these rosters until they can find another uh team to sign with and that's something that the gears players did say they were like hey we are still looking for orgs to sign us we will just be playing under the tox uh logo and brand until we find uh, a home for an org that we find suitable now with halo that tox team has been there for a while. I don't know the exact time frame, but pretty much, you know, since they left Optic, it doesn't seem like they've they've had other old cups coming to them trying to sign them for anything within the the Halo space. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with this Gears team. Like, will they stay with Tox or will they actively 
seek out other um, orcs to sign with. And again, I think Tox is is literally building a a org based off uh, where their rosters are just rejects from teams that are successful, where where other orgs were like, hey, you know, we're, we're cutting ties with you because we don't believe in this game or we, we've signed other people, blah, 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 like talks. And I think they can continue to do it now. It doesn't I don't know. Again, I don't have a source that talks, but I would love to speak with someone from there. But it would I would love to talk to them and see like, hey, like, is this org just like a placeholder for players until they can find somewhere better? Or are you guys literally building rosters out? to be the most successful like kind of like a sneaky successful org because the the halo team always performs and now they have the top rated probably best team in gears history um i heard golden boy earlier on the stream ask like someone like tweeted or someone asked him like hey is this optic this former optic roster what final boss was to halo I mean, you can damn near say they are like they just they actually just won the first Gears 5 tournament. Now, there was rumor that people were speculating like, oh, they're going to fall off, you know, because it's a new Gears. I don't think that was a real rumor. I think it was kind of made up because, you know, the games aren't going to be like that crazy different. Again, it Gears 5 actually looked great. I know there are some people complaining online, but Gears 5 looked great. Talks looked great. Ghosts looked great. And I don't think Tox is going anywhere. I think those guys are going to keep performing in Gears. Um, if they're going anywhere, it'll only be to a new org. And again, the coach actually came out and said, like, yo, we're keeping the roster. Like, not, like just because we're not under uh, Optic, like, don't expect player changes. Now, when they sign to a new org, that could change. But from what it looks like, as long as they're under Tox Gaming, that roster is staying the same. Um and congratulations, big congratulations to them for winning the first Gears 5 tournament this weekend. That was amazing. And they, what was it? They faced off against Ghost in the finals. And dude, the energy that I saw coming from that Ghost team was incredible. Those guys were, they were speaking Spanish, but like, Jesus, the communication was not for one moment where those dudes silenced. And when they were winning, oh boy, were they popping off. Like, I love, I love me some Gears like trash talk like gears i don't care if you say like oh yeah but those dudes are you know console players blah 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 like right. those dudes get busy when it comes to the trash talk and then they have to hold that l when they lose that's the biggest thing it's like yo you lost hold that l yeah you see it in cod but to me for for me gears is just different dude like and the, and those guys really like they put on a show trash talk and in game they put on a fucking show so congrats again congratulations to tox gaming and congratulations to ghost for just showing up and performing you know what i mean like getting second place at this event um i will say though like i wanted to see rise um rise nation do better um i missed some of their games but from what i'm what i saw i did enjoy it i you know i just wish they would have been able to been um within that finals I, I want there was there's one player that I watch on that roster when I do watch gears and I did want to see him in the finals so hopefully that roster I can see um improving taking this you know again first gears five event game's not even out um hopefully we can see them you know perform and improve but I want to see that guy in the finals I really want to see him in the finals 
So moving on from Gears, this was a very interesting topic that I saw on the esports subreddit that was really weird because people were roasting this 14 year old kid about not being in school and playing Fortnite. But I don't think that a lot of people read the article. I think a lot of people read the headline and immediately went to the comments. Now, I'm going to repeat what I just said. People read the headline and immediately started to comment. And the headline was that a 14-year-old kid is no longer... Actually, the headline read, 14-year-old kid drops out of school. Kind of clickbait. Because he didn't, per, he didn't per se drop out of school. His dad took him out of school to support his son's career of playing esports and Fortnite. He took him out of school. One, I think these families, I think this kid will be fine for one because his dad bought him a Maserati before he can even drive. And he, the kid's like, you know, I'm looking super forward to driving it when I get my permit. So if you're buying your kid a, a Maserati at the age of 14, clearly like he's going to be okay. Now that with me saying he's going to be okay does not mean he shouldn't get some type of education, whether it be homeschooling or, or, you know, some type of, I don't, I don't know, take him to a school. And he's able to get out early. I, I don't know. I do support the parent um, supporting the kids, you know, dream and career of becoming a professional esports player. I don't support the, the fact that he took him out of school. Um, I think there could have definitely been a balance of him playing and, and remaining in school and doing well, you know, well enough just to complete school. Um, I have my own views on American education, but I think the kid should have he needs some form of uh, education. I don't think it should just be solely on, hey, go play Fortnite for eight hours a day because we don't know where Fortnite will be in two years. We don't know where it'll be. I don't think it's going anywhere within the next three years, but we don't know where it will be in that time. So you're putting all your chips or your all your one all your eggs in one basket and saying, hey, come out of school. Like, yeah, he's only 14. He can go back, but, you know, he'll be behind, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's just the fact that I don't think it was necessary to pull him from school. And, again, people in the Reddit comments were roasting this kid. Like, he now, he probably didn't. He probably wasn't opposed to this decision because he's, like, you know, 14. Like, every 14-year-old kid wants to get out of school and just go play video games. Like, who the fuck doesn't want to do that? Now, if you're roasting him based on that, like, if he didn't have any, uh, he wasn't opposed to that. I can understand it, but most of these dudes were roasting, or I won't say dudes, most of the people in the subreddit were roasting this kid for, you know, dropping out of school. It's like, no, he didn't drop out of school. He was pulled out of school. It's literally Lonzo Ball, or, or excuse me, um, or at least Lonzo Ball's father, right? He, like, pulled his son from college or, like, high school and, like, to go play, like, in China or so, or, or, or in Europe, right? It's like, why are you like, yeah, I get that your kid's an amazing basketball player. But why are you pulling him from school? Dude, that doesn't make any sense. Like, what what are you doing? Like, why are you pulling him from school? Keep him in school. And still allow them to perform at the level they're doing because it's going to be better for them. They do need to fall back. Because you do, one, we don't know where esports will be. We don't know where Fortnite will be. Why are you putting all your eggs in one basket? It's just like when NBA players are like, oh, I don't need to finish college because like, I don't need to get this degree. I'm going to go straight to the league. And then you, you blow out a knee. Not until you're going to get hurt in esports, but in esports, you just don't know where the game that you're playing will be, right? You don't know if it's going to be sustainable for you. Even at 14, it's like, dude, that's a big risk. So like, 
keep him. I, I recommend this dad getting him some type of tutor or something um, to keep him in school. You know, I might I might actually reach out to this kid and um, via Twitter and just see like, hey, you know, what are your thoughts on like this? Like get a mini interview from him. So I'll see. Um, and speaking of that, I know that um, I said we were going to go to BlurCon this weekend. Unfortunately, um, I didn't attend it. Partially because I felt that, and this is not in relation to the 14-year-old kid, but um, but I I skipped out on BlurredCon because from what I was seeing and reading in regards to, like, the schedule and the panels, it seemed like a, it seemed like, you know, your NerdCon, but it seemed more for cosplay and less about, um, I won't say games, but esports. I was looking for it to be have some type, at least, at least one esports panel. And I still should have went just to see what it was like, but I, I kind of skipped on it just because I wasn't super confident on it. Again, it seemed like it was like a very cosplay driven convention. And if someone who went, it, you know, please tell me if I'm wrong, I'm, I'm open. I want to hear more about it. Hope I'll probably attend it next year. Um, you know, just because now I'm more aware of what it actually is. And I didn't want to go and feel like, okay, damn, this was a waste. Uh, so unfortunately we didn't attend BlurCon, so sorry for not having a review for that, but hopefully next year, again, this, this, this time I kind of scoped it out and was just like, will this be worth it in the sense of, you know, an esports focus? And it just didn't seem like it. So I just wanted to give you guys an update on that. So continuing down the list, Little Nas X will be headlining TwitchCon 2019. How do I feel about Little Nas X headlining TwitchCon? Well, first of all, you guys already know how I feel about TwitchCon. I feel like it's a petting zoo for streamers. I'm 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 slightly I'm not against TwitchCon, but I just don't see certain point in it, right? But that's a big look for Little Nas X because now you're associating the the biggest artist of damn near 2019 with the biggest like social media streaming video game platform of like the past what four four years ish kind of sort of like what like what did you expect to come out of that right who did you think was gonna headline it like the previous year they had like t-pain but like people will say like you know what music has t-pain put out T-Pain still puts out music, but I digress, right? I'm not surprised that Little Nas X is headlining TwitchCon. Um, I'm happy for him. I think it. I also think it's a great place for him to be headlining because of what he supports and represents, um, especially with him coming out, even though I think some people said, a lot of people said like they knew he was gay, but the fact that he came out... Um, and, and Twitch is just a place of a, a mesh of all people and from different backgrounds. Like, I think he's a perfect person to headline. It. And again, it's like no matter how annoyed you are of all the Old Town um, Road remixes, like people are going to be there singing damn near word for word, even just for that song. If anything, that him headlining TwitchCon probably just bought like people bought probably more tickets to TwitchCon just to see Little Nas X. 
I can guarantee you there's some people that were like, you know what? I'm not going to TwitchCon this year. Little Nods X announced that and they're like, I'm going to find a way to get to TwitchCon this year. Like, I guarantee it because he is that big and people want to see him. I do think he's an industry plant. That's a different conversation. So moving on from Little Nas X uh, headlining TwitchCon, let's get into the Esports Award nominees, right? So the nominees have been revealed for 2019's Esports Award show. I'm just going to run down this list and say off the names for each category that people are listed for. And then I'm going to get into um, something at the end about it. So Streamer of the Year nominees, Tifu. Nick Merckx, Dr. Disrespect, Courage, Ninja, Alan, Alan Zuko, Gata or Gota, Tim the Tatman, Pokimane, and Shroud. Those are your Streamer of the Year nominees. Pretty typical. Not nothing surprising there for me. Um, I think it's going to come down to probably... I think it's going to probably come down to Dr. Disrespect and Shroud, honestly. Uh, that's just my personal opinion, who I think is going to win out of those out of that category. It'll be Dr. Disrespect and Shroud. Esports Personality of the Year nominees are Nadeshot, Shocks, Golden Boy, Dr. Lupo, Fallen, the owner of Liquid Steve Ar- Arhanek. I never knew how to pronounce his name. Ninja, Ocelot, and Hex, right? If I had to pick one out of this category, I'm probably just going to go Nadeshot. Nadeshot or Hex, those would probably be my top two. Um, Hex because of all the stuff surrounding Optic, and then Nadeshot just surrounding the fact that he has 100 Thieves and uh, history with uh, Optic, so that could play a part in it as well. So I think it'll come down to those two. Then our next category is Content Creator of the Year. Those nominees are Courage, Mini Lad, Laser Beam, Ali A, Terrorizer, Phase Jeb, Up Up Down Down, Sunless Khan, Travis Gafford, and Nate Shot. This one, I, I'm not 100% sure who I think is going to win it. Could be Courage. I'm not too familiar, honestly, with content creators like in this aspect. I personally would like to see Terrorizer win because I've sat down and had a conversation with him. I think he's a really chill dude, so it would be great to see him get that, you know, award. But if I had to pick one person out of this category, I'm going with Courage. Then we have Videographer of the Year. There's Matt Reyes, Corey Doggett, Gabriel uh, Ruiz, Joannis Lehner, Damian Estrada, Robert Rogers, Max Alavo, Charles Dalton, and Logan Dotson. Uh, I'm not too familiar with all these videographers, but I'm going to give it to Damian Estrada. I, even though I think he won it last year, but I know I'm familiar with his work, so I'm just going to pick him. Familiar name. And then we have one of my favorites. Esport Photographer of the Year. Nominees are Elena Chris, Christian Sun. Joe Brady, oh, Joa Fiera, Krill Baskival, Michael Conco, Peter Chow, 
Chris Bond, Steph Ludwig, and Nuno Miranda. For me, who I'd like to see win out of this category would either be Chris Bond or Steph. Um, I've had like a very small interaction with Steph and Chris Bond I've had conversations with, so I would like to see them. Elena, I wouldn't pass up either. Our next nom- our next category is Esports Breakthrough Game of the Year. Those nominees are Apex Legends, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, PUBG Mobile, Old School Roomscape, Guns of Boom, Brawl Stars, Magic the Gathering, FIFA 19, NBA 2K19, and Battalion 1944. I could see Battalion uh, 1944 winning this just because it, out of all these games... Actually, I take that back. It did have a type, but now that I just realized that Apex Legends is there, I think it'll be Apex Legends. Even though the start of Apex was not weird, but it was just like, again, it was like Overwatch. Everyone's trying to force this into a game or an esport that it's not even sure like if the game itself wants to be an esport just because it's a faster paced BR. Like we don't need to force it into an esport like that's not called for. But I think Apex will take that, um, and I think Battalion 1994 will be a close runner-up. I don't even know how Old School RuneScape got on this list as a breakthrough. It says Esports Breakthrough Game of the Year, so I don't know if it's just supposed to be Breakthrough Game of the Year, but if it's related to Esports, because most of these other games are, uh, I don't know how Old School RuneScape is on there. Then the last category is Esports Cosplayer of the Year. There's Sneaky, Jessica Negri, Kitty Kaboom, Little Jim, Maul, uh, Ken Patsu, Spoon, Spoon Makes, Widow Creative, Anelic, Polyforge, and Yaya Han. I don't, I'm just going to say Sneaky out of this category, who's that thing is going to win, because he's the person that I've seen like the most cosplay pop up on my Twitter. I'm just confused on why we're having an esports category for excuse me, a, a, a cosplay category for an esports award show. I get that cosplay is related to games, but I think a cosplay of the year award should be presented at something like the video game uh, awards because video game awards kind of it it it's a broader it's like a broader theme where I feel like cosplay would fit in that, but to solely have cosplay at an esports award, like that to me, I I I I understand what they're what's happening and like why it's being done, but to me, it just seems very out of place. Like, I get it. Like you're just a show, you're just associating because cosplayers are with video games. Like we should give them award at esports awards but like no like those awards should be presented at video games award because again it's a broader award show like you get streamer of the year stuff like at video game awards in 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 association with like the best video game of the year and stuff like that but i don't i just i think having a cosplay award at an esports events is it's not a bad look but to me it just doesn't make sense that's just my personal opinion I would have dropped the category if I was the esports awards, but at this point now it's too late because they have like nominees. So, you know, they're expecting a winner, but I think next year, I I don't think there should be a cosplay 
um, award. And I wouldn't be surprised if they if they took it out, because to me, it would make way more sense to not like to put that at the uh, the video game award. Oh, I also need to bring up, even though it's the end of the show, um, I'm going to be wrapping up here soon, trying to make this not as long as possible just because I'm by myself, but I hope you guys have enjoyed listening thus far. But before I get out of here, I need to compliment and congratulate Team Liquid. I forgot to do it last weekend after watching them uh, win the Intel Extreme Masters, but these dudes took the Grand Slam. They won four majors in a row and got the Intel Gold Bars. So super congratulations to uh team liquid csgo team those dudes have been dominant i really really enjoyed watching them down at uh dreamhack dallas um i'm happy to see tui tui what the fuck is wrong stewie being super successful um and i'm and i'm happy to see a liege being a part of such a, a, a successful team because i remember watching him and i could just see on his face during some events that he wasn't in the greatest like mood and mindset um, and I don't know if that could have just been team synergy, but it, it's glad to see him winning more events and having a big smile on his face. Um, so again, congratulations to team liquid on winning, not only, uh, Cologne, but also winning the Intel grand slam. With that being said, guys, I'm wrapping up here. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, hopefully next week, uh, Henry will be back and feeling better. I'm going to try to get this special interview interview for you guys out on friday we will see no promises just like blurred clon no promises but be on the lookout for friday potential special interview coming out um so again as always thank you guys for listening i appreciate you i love you and until good game do his part i'll talk to you guys on the next episode